Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews. We did it, we did it together, and uh, it's just so exciting for me to just be a part of this with them, with all the 11 other players. It's truly an experience that I will cherish forever. Taking you beyond the ropes. Whatever you think is possible for you, or, or even what's not possible, you know, beyond your wildest dreams, go for it. You know, just go for it and think big and believe in yourself and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do anything. Unforgettable stories. He's hit some putts with it, so he gets his phone out and he just takes a picture of the grip and down the putter and doesn't say anything and he just pings it to Tiger. And of course, Tiger pinged him right back like, what in the hell are you doing with my putter? Do not touch that putter. <laughs> a bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose it's just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Absolute delight to welcome one and all to the program today. I hope you guys are doing okay. I hope you're safe. I hope your families are safe. You know, day in and day out that we're here together. We're doing it, and we made a commitment to do shows every single day through this pandemic because we just wanted to give, I guess you could say, a sense of normalcy, but more so what we wanted to do was share a common passion, perhaps a diversion from all of the news that comes in from every other direction. So your company, from wherever it's coming from, the United States, Mexico, Canada, or from around the world, we welcome you right here on the Fairways of Life show. Well, One of those who no doubt has to be feeling the weight upon his shoulders of what to do, when to do it, how to do it, is Seth Waugh, the CEO of the PGA of America. He ascended to the role in September of 2018 after an incredibly successful career in private business and in banking. So the perspective that he brings to the position is one of, in its own right, a global nature and with a variety of different expertise and background that he can draw upon for how to get through situations just like this, perhaps. Seth Waugh is our guest right now. Seth, how are you? How are you holding up? I'm good, Matt. More importantly, how's your wife? Good. Everybody's doing well. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, but, but she's thank the one you. really working through this crisis, yeah, that- right? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So, Seth, we are you guys, in terms of the PGA of America, you guys, I assume, have the office shut down. Everybody's working from home. How is all that dynamic working? Yeah, you know, I, as you say, I, I thought I got out of the crisis business, but apparently uh, I didn't, you know, in my, my <laughs> uh, last chapter. But, uh, yeah, we went remote, uh, Matt, um, fairly early, uh, a little bit ahead of, you know, we were, when we were told to. It just felt like the right thing to do. Uh, fortunately, we had worked on the technology over the last few years to, to be able to do that. And yeah, we really haven't missed a beat. And I, I'd say, ironically, um, you know, I'm not sure we've ever felt closer as an association. Uh, you know, we're, we're, a crisis has a habit of doing that, right? You have a common enemy. Everybody is uh, is really zeroed in and focused. Um, and, you know, there's an intensity to it, right? These These days are long and grindy and um, you know, there's no beginning and no end, right? You just kind of roll out of your bed and maybe hopefully get a workout in, and then you sit at your desk, and and all of a sudden it's dark out, right? Um, and so, you know, we're um, 
We're doing fine. I, I think, you know, look, crises define you in a lot of ways, and um, you can come out of them stronger and better and kind of more united, or it can or it can blow you up. And I think the way that to do it, in, in my mind, having lived through 9-11, where we lost a building um, downtown Manhattan, and uh, obviously lots of friends and some of my closest friends, and then living through the uh, the financial crisis, you know, running a bank, um, you know, you uh, you have to sort of be smart um, and and have a plan, uh, but also calling off a lot of audibles along the way, and those audibles kind of define how you do uh, at the end of the day because things are changing so quickly. But you know, the more important part of it is is to be human, right? And um, everything we do has to be thought with our people in mind and by our people, I mean, you know, everybody in the game, really, you know, we're, we're in every swimming lane in the game at the PGA. And um, we're obviously very concerned about our, our members and our sections and then, you know, every other friend we have in the game. And so we're, we're focused on trying to get everybody to the other side of this thing and any way that we can be helpful um, and thoughtful. And I think if you can prove through these things that you have, you know, both a brain and a soul, that you know you're probably going to come out you know as I say stronger with closer relationships. Uh, people are going to know kind of who you are um, by what you did, but even more so by how you behave. Um, and and that's how we we sort of make every decision, right? Um, so you know we're uh, we think you know this, this there's never been a time when our members needed us more, and uh, we wanted to be not only proud of the logo they wear, but but. Uh, you know, what their association's doing for them. And so we're doing everything we can to get everybody to the other side of this thing. It, it will end. Um, and it's just making sure everybody's intact on the other side. Well, those those thoughts and details of, of how you're trying to lay groundwork for all of the same, I want to get into uh, as well. I, but before I get into that, we're, we're looking at, you know, marching towards two years for you in the post as CEO of the PGA of America Seth could I mean, I'm not going to ask you if you could have thought that something like this would have happened because no one would have. But in terms of what you thought the position would be in its entirety, not just through this pandemic, but in its entirety to what it has been, has it met with your expectations, exceeded your expectations or been something completely different? You know, it's a it's a great question. I, I think I, I'd have to say exceed. Um you know, a lot of the, you know, we're, we're an interesting organization, right? We're, we run, we have two of the kind of big, you know, most uh, precious commodities in golf, two waterfront properties and PGA championship and the, and the, uh, Ryder cup, not to mention, you know, the women's PGA and senior PGA and, you know, some of the majors that we control. And, you know, but that's what we do you know, a few weeks of the year. What we do every day is, is, um, uh, you know, is, is be the stewards of the game, right? And uh, we're on it in the front lines. We've got we're the largest sports organization on earth. We want to maximize our business side of things so that we can dividend that back to our members and to the game in any, any form that we can, right? And so, you know, it's not for me, frankly, it isn't about handing out the check at, at uh, Beth Page, you know, last year to Brooks. It's It's much more about what happens in those other, you know, 360 days of the year, right, where, where I have this belief that if we can, you know, make 29,000 lives better um, of our members, that we can um, make you know, millions of lives better through this game. It's just such an engine for good. 
uh, it, um, you know, in, in every form, right? Whether you're talking charitably, you know, every other game on earth uses our game to, to raise money, right? Um, number one. Number two is just the lessons that we all learn, the relationships that we have, the walks in the park we get to enjoy in these beautiful places. Um, you know, my kid is trying to play for a living, and so I've watched him from, you know, hitting balls at three years old in the backyard to, you know, playing caddy and form in the Q school, right? And and so we, you know, we we have those moments, those those little moments that are the ones that are so precious to me that, frankly, I didn't know existed um, in the job. Um, and uh, and those are the life changing things. You know, we we're a family, um, and and it's a family of golf, and and uh, you know the appreciation that people show all the time is just so um, rewarding, and that that's what makes it. Uh, it's special for me, frankly. Seth, as the CEO of the PGA of America now and in your immediate past career, if you will, it was the lion's share of your professional years, you were one of the highest-ranking executives in the banking industry in the entire globe. From that standpoint, one that you've dedicated decades of education, experience into, one that you've now had going on two years how have the two compared in terms of the stress that it puts on your life, the sense of excitement that you have of what you do when you put your feet on the ground in the morning? Is there any common ground between what you did to what you're doing? Yeah, well, that's an interesting question, Matt. I, I, you know, look, there's an awful lot of this that's the same in the sense that you, know, you, have, you feel an ownership of whatever your responsibility is, right? You have a fiduciary to in the old days, you know, holders and in this case, you know, members and stakeholders. And, and so you wake up every day trying to do the best you possibly can um, for for them. Right. For me, you know, it sounds cliche, but it, it wasn't really about the money. It was about, um, frankly, trying to, you know, make that, you know, leave the room better than I found it um, for mm. people and for, um, you know, if I could make somebody's life better, you know, that that's what kind of gets me up in the morning. Um, in, in an awful lot of ways, I, you know, I grew up as a son of a teacher, and I was the youngest of five boys, and we played everything. And um, you know, I always thought I'd be a teacher and a coach. And um, and so for me, a little bit, of this is back to the future of, of you know, doing something that's mission based, um, that's trying to you know make lives better, uh, trying to sort of make the game look a little bit more like the world, so we can make the world look a little bit more like the game, if you will. Um, and, um, and so, you know, that, that part of it is, uh, uh, is, is this, this is the, ch- the biggest chance I'll ever have to have the biggest impact on the most amount of people. And so for me, that's a gift, right? Like I'm, uh, it's a privilege to have that opportunity uh, to do it. You know, the day to day, you're still making hard decisions. It's not, you know, it's not curing cancer. It's not, you know, solving uh, financial crises necessarily, but it, but it's important stuff. Um, and you know, it is. Uh, I'm surrounded by really talented people uh, in the uh, at the PGA. Uh, I inherited a really strong group, and so they challenge me every day. And uh, I've always been a bit of a Socratic leader. I kind of try to get people to um, make me better, and and uh, and you know, uh, build you know more of a consensus than. Than a you know dictatorship and and uh, and get things done. I, I think you know the other fun part about I think about any opportunity or challenge 
is it's sort of more fun getting there than it is being there. Um, I had a couple chances in my career to take things from, um, you know, sort of dreams to reality. And it's, you know, this is a 105-year-old institution, so it's not like, you know, it's a startup and I'm inventing it. But um, I think we've got to turn it from what has been um, an institution that's perhaps, you know, um, protecting our kind of grandparents' game to the one that is going to, make the game um, for, you know, our kids' kids, right? And so there's been a lot of change up until, you know, this COVID situation that we were transforming the organization. We'll get back to that. Um, and I think we've had a lot of excitement about, about how we're doing that. Um, you know, and this is an awesome responsibility because, you know, it's a perpetual institution, right? It's, you know, I'm supposed to hand this on to the next generation, not just intact, but better than, then I took it on and, and have it, you know, be prepared to have another hundred years of, of make, having an impact, right? And it's sort of like a, a university or a government or anything else. I don't mean to be overly, you know, sort of uh, romantic about it, but, but it is, um, you know, it's a different deal to be running a mission-based uh, institution than it is one that, you know, is, is obviously, you know, a good citizen and, and where I obviously always was, but, you know, it was about profit, right? And in and, and this, we're about um, impact. That impact, of course, as you alluded to, has been affected by what's happening on a world stage with this virus. I guess the, the, the broad, the, the, the cast and as wise I can question that I would ask you, Seth Wah, as CEO of the PGA of America is, What's the general philosophy in terms of the reaction of the PGA of America? How can and what are you doing to serve your nearly 29,000 members of the PGA? Yeah, well, we wake up every morning, Matt, thinking about sort of how do we survive first. Again, I talked about a perpetual institution. We want to make sure we're financially stable, that, you know, our people are, are safe and, um, and, you know, that that's sort of the first, the first deal. Um, the second is, okay, how can we be helpful? How can we be helpful to the game? How can we be helpful to our members? Um, and I'll get back to that in a second. And then the third is like, what is the, you know, what is the future? What's it going to look like? How do we imagine that? And how should we come out of this? How should we rethink, um, you know, what we've been doing and how we've been doing it to become more efficient, to become more thoughtful, uh, to become, you know, better at what we do. And so, um, as far as, you know, helping people, we've, we've, uh, uh, we have gone to each one of our 41 sections um, to make sure that, you know, they're able to get through this crisis. And each one we have a plan about. Um, they're our local delivery partners and hugely important to our business. And most or uh, almost all are, are very stable and in good shape. Um, some might need a little extra help, and we're here to provide it. Um, as far as our members go, which is, you know, our, our, our job, and let me talk about the game for a second. The second is, okay, how do we, you know, we're, we're obviously involved in the professional game, and so working with the other bodies in the go in golf to create, you know, a, a, what we hope is a doable schedule for the rest of the year. Uh, it was a really interesting exercise. I kind of made the comment early on in it that we are the board of directors of the game and the business is the game, um, and how do we uh, think in the best interest of all the shareholders or stakeholders in in the game, right? Um, and Jay Monahan and uh, was an amazing partner. Uh, he wanted to make sure we had a you know full schedule as he could have, as well as you know have the 
four majors have the final spot, and in this year, our Ryder Cup, right? And so mm-hmm. it was great working, you know, in partnership with with him and, and all the other bodies in the game. And then you get to our members, and, you know, again, there's so much pain out there, right? Like the this, this, the cure here is, is essentially economic suicide, right, which is the exact opposite of the other crises that I've kind of managed through where you're trying to create confidence, create activity, um, get people back in the streets. Here we're telling people to stay home, right? And um, that's a different kind of pain. Um, and uh, and so how do we help them to get to the other side? Um, I think the government has been incredibly responsive. Um, you can argue that it, it was late or that the, the programs are doing are a bit of a blunt instrument and that, you know, certain people aren't still being served. And certainly um, we have some, some positions on that. Um, but the, the programs are, are cleverly designed to keep people, you know, employed. And so one of the things we've tried to do is create, um, you know, information sources for, uh, for our uh, members so that they all know how to go there. It's kind of the first line uh, of defense, if you will. Um, and, uh, and so that's been a, you know, a big part of it. We've opened up our education. We've you know, we people are stuck at home. Let's see if they can make themselves better. So we've, we've opened up uh, for free our library for you know 90 days uh, for people to do that. Uh, we've made our education go online um, while, while we're, we're doing all this. We've pushed our dues back uh, to uh, the end of the year. We, we sort of wish we could cancel them, but within our tax status, we're not allowed to do that. So we're trying to make that as painless as possible. And then the last thing we did is the last line of defense, if you will, is we, we launched a uh, emergency golf relief fund uh, just last week. Um, we, uh, we have launched it with uh, $5 million of, of, of cash that we found from uh, savings we've been able to carve up and um, uh, some of our reserves, uh, our, my whole management team, as well as our board of directors, management team uh, gave a foregone uh, salary, uh, you know, a uh, a, a good chunk of compensation to, to help fund this Very thing, cool. uh, as well as um, the board of directors and officers have also chipped in. Uh, we um, and we also have offered two and a half million matching to the rest of the industry, and uh, we're hoping to turn you know seven and a half into something a lot larger. A lot of our a couple of our equipment companies have jumped in and are doing programs for that. Tour is going to do some events to help us. Um, hopefully, the USGA and Augusta National and all of our other friends are going to sort of step up and help. Um, and it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, relief.golf. If anybody out there would like to uh, check it out and see if they want to be helpful, but it, it's not just our members. It's for, um, you know, a, a wide swath of, of in, folks in the industry. And so you know, we're trying to <clears throat> share in our pain, share in the pain out there and, uh, and, you know, create some real uh, cash to put in people's pockets. The first, uh, the first phase, um, which actually closed last week, will be a short form, um, you know, within two week kind of quick check payment of 500 to 1500 dollars, and then uh, the second phase, which will open in a couple weeks, uh, will be longer term, kind of up to 3500 dollars uh, per person uh, in a longer form, and you know, trying to get to those with the most long term needs. So we are um, trying hard to think of everything we can, and just like we did. Everybody, the other side, we're kind of putting our money where our mouth is and getting some skin in the game um, to uh, to do just that. Excellent. Thank you so much for what you're doing in terms of reaching out to those that have been impacted. Relief.golf, 
relief.golf is the website that Seth Wah, the CEO of the PGA of America, was talking about there, folks, if you'd like to help out there. Let's talk, uh, first of all, uh, Seth, about Hardy Park and the PGA Championship, which has been moved to early August now in prospect in 2020. Uh, What are you hearing in terms of currently – the likelihood of being able to stage the event there, the cooperation that you're getting locally and regionally from the, from the state of California. What are you hearing in terms of the prospects? Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, we've we've been in constant touch with, with both the city of San Francisco and and the state of California. Um, the good news is that they were you know early adopters of some of the uh, the best protocol, and so. They they kind of um, have avoided uh, a lot of the uh, pain that's happened in other places in the country, and therefore we hope they come out of it sooner as well. Um, and so we are hopeful that we'll have, you know, a uh, a championship there. Uh, we hope it's with fans. Um, certainly that's Plan A. Uh, we're we're completely willing to do it without fans if that's what's safe and responsible at the time. Um, we think you know creating content for all of our you know, golf junkies, including myself out there, is, is really important, creating entertainment. The players want to play. You know, everybody wants to see – everybody wants to put a peg in the ground and see a peg in the ground, right? And so mm. we're going to do our best. We'll be the first major to come out, um, uh, which uh, is uh, – we used to be the fourth. Uh, apparently, I'm told, by the way, that we were the first once when we played a PGA National back in uh, – when Jack won yeah, it back in, February. in the 70s. Yep. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, um, you know we're we're planning for both. Uh, obviously, Jay has announced a schedule that starts in June and is hoping to play and and do it without fans at first and ease into some fans, you know, a month or so later. Um, so we'll be watching that very closely. We've begun to work on protocols uh, to do it both ways. Um, obviously, in partnership with the tour, uh, we'll have a lot of examples uh, to look at before we get there. Hopefully. If, uh, uh, if you know these tournaments are able to be played, um, and so you know we're going to stay in constant contact with the city and and the state, and if they, um, we only want to do what's in the best interest of their great city, right? Like we want it to be a great thing for them, and if if they don't feel as if it's in the best interest of the city or the or their citizens to hold it, um, we've asked them to give us ample time, and if that's the case. You know, we'll contemplate a plan C, which is to try to find somewhere else where we can hold it that's safe and responsible. Um, yeah, you get a lot more flexibility if you if you don't think about fans and the build out. Obviously, isn't anywhere near as extreme, and and so that's you know we don't have a plan C, but we're willing to contemplate it. Um, we've got three and a half you know plus months to uh, almost four months to to uh, to have this play out. Um, and we certainly wouldn't make that decision until. Um, you know, early summer, if uh, uh, if, if uh, the, you know the city or the state um, decided it wasn't in their best interest. Excellent. Right now, I, I assume. Go. Yeah, go ahead. Right now, what? No, please. Everybody's a go right now. That's for sure. Excellent. Now, I assume that you're looking at the same concerns, even though it's September for the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. That, you know, because Padraig had told me just about a week and a half ago now uh, that there there wouldn't be a Ryder Cup if there were not spectators. But it sounds like in, in the last few days, the perspective may be a little bit different on that one. And, and that may be actually uh, contemplated to be held without spectators as well, if necessary. You know, there's, we certainly haven't made a decision uh, either way on that. I, I 
totally respect uh, Patty's, you know, and he and I have talked about his perspective on that. And uh, as, you know, Steve Stricker shares the same perspective as do lots of people. I think the Ryder Cup is, you know, a unique animal, right? It's, um, as I said, on the PGA Championship, it, it makes sense to me that you could do it without fans. And obviously, like every every event, every major is not the same without fans. That, that's pretty clear. Uh, the Ryder Cup is is the fans in a lot of ways, right? And you know, that first tee when, you know, on the first day is kind of the biggest moment um, of, of the whole thing, right? As opposed to the final putt on the final day. Uh, and, and so it's hard to, it's harder to imagine a Ryder Cup without fans than it is, um, I think any other event in golf because it's so unique. You know, we're hopeful that by then the world is somewhat normal. Maybe hope there's some treatments that people uh, can rely on to deal with this drug. We don't contemplate there'll be a vaccine by any means. And, um, you know, if, if that's the case and fans are in, in the state of Wisconsin are willing to, you know, uh, host it and uh, we think we can do it safely with fans, we're going to do that. It would be an amazing exclamation point to the season. Um, it would be a great, you know, it would be great not only for golf fans, but I think the world, particularly with the Olympics not happening this year, it sort of replaces that in some ways, you know, the nationalism and, and the patriotism and, the, you know, this kind of flags flying and all that stuff that goes on if we can't play it without fans um we're gonna all have to sit down and we'll sit down like we did um as the body uh as the bodies did and you know i have partners in the european tour they're gonna have an opinion certainly jay's gonna have an opinion um there's a lot of moving parts in the schedule and um and so we will uh make a decision as you know a team and and by a team i mean you know, the, the, the golf industry, or the industry that's probably overstated, the golf bodies, uh, the captain, mm-hmm. I say, are all going to have big voices in this thing, and we'll make the best decision we can. Uh, it's going to be, you know, again, driven by the safety and, 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 um, and the health of, of this, and we want to do what's in the best interest of the game and the best interest you know, of the Ryder Cup for sure in terms of its uh, its legacy. So, um, you know, I think we, you know, as a general one said, you know, every plan is a good one until the first shot's fired, right? And I yeah. talked about audibles before, and, you know, we have a plan, and we're very hopeful that it'll, it'll all um, play out. Um, but if it doesn't, you know, we're going to call the best audible we can, you know, when we need to. What do you hope? Uh, I won't. I won't hold you here, Seth Watt, to the CEO of the PJ of America. Just a couple more questions. But what do you hope the message is, not only from the PGA of America, but from your nearly twenty nine thousand PGA of America professionals throughout the United States? What do you hope that that message can be for the strength, for the ability to help heal that comes from the game of golf? Well, I think you know. Look, I, I think we can be um, a real um, you know, salve for a lot of things, right? Um, and I think that's true on the professional level. Um, it looks, you know, we're, we're going to be the first uh, first professional sport out. So we'll be the, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody out listening there and myself, you know, we're we're we're, uh, we're ready, right, to to watch something on television. It's been it's been, uh, you know, in terms of live sports, it's been really strange. And and you know, it is a medicine for that we're all kind of addicted to right and and 
And so that part of it, I think, is can be amazing. And then from a participation standpoint, you know, we have natural uh, advantages that are coming clear in you know what we're all going through, right? Which is um, you know social, you know, natural distancing. Uh, we're playing outside, you know, so it's even if you have 100 people on a golf course, it's over 200 acres. That's pretty different than 100 people in a in a bar. Um, and uh, and so, uh, you know, we think we're going to be one of the first participation sports back. We're, we're trying to uh, work around the country to give our best advice on kind of what best practices are. You know, what's a safe and responsible way to reenter the golf world? We're thinking about it in phases. So. The first phase is kind of very minimalistic. You know, if, if you or I or, um, you know, carried our own bag and walked on an empty golf course, that would be pretty safe, right? And on the other hand, if you put, you know, if it was a member guest and you had a cocktail party, that probably wouldn't work right now. And uh, mm. and so what is it in between that, that makes sense? And we've tried to take the perspective of if we were the CDC, um, you know, how would – and we wanted to reopen golf or open golf or keep open uh, how would we think about that, right? Um, and so we actually have talked to medical experts around the country. We're actually um, talking to uh, some of the you know, folks you've seen on television to sign off on what our, um, you know, what our thinking is. Um, and then we'll have a phase one, a phase two, which will you know, add services, and a phase three, which is the new normal. Uh, and so we're, we're ready to roll that out as... Um, as you know the template to uh, have us you know sort of rep- help be uh, a a welcome and uh, safe and responsible refuge uh, for people as they you know try to get out of their houses um, and so clearly golfers are going to go back to playing golf as soon as they can i think and safely um, but we hope it could actually be a growth spurt um, uh, for the game in an odd way and that people are going to be thinking about it differently. Um, You know, you don't naturally touch anybody in our game or have contact except for that handshake at the end. And, um, and obviously, you know, that can be done in a different way. And so, you know, we think um, if uh, it could actually be, um, you know, something that, that people think about um, in a, in a totally different way. And as I said, we're, our long-term goals are very much to, you know, change the look of the game in the sense of having it look, you know, kind of more like the world, right? Um, and uh, and this could be a real opportunity to do that. So we're we're uh, you know we're we're talking to lots of states and counties and, um, and municipalities about how to do just that. And we're you know obviously focusing on our members to keep them safe during all this. We're you know we're trying to minimize. Um, uh, their danger by, you know, we don't want to keep, we don't want to, we're not trying to keep golf open where it's inappropriate or when it's inappropriate. We're just trying to say, if you, if you are interested in open golf, we can, we can sort of help educate you how to do that. Um, and that will increase uh, as we come out of the backside of this thing. Well, Seth Waugh, the CEO of the PGA of America, you told us earlier in this interview that originally you'd hoped to be a teacher and or a coach. And I can tell you, you have become a teacher and a coach. You have accomplished that very goal and the role that you're playing for the PGA of America at large and in particular through this crisis is a noble one at that. We thank you for your efforts, everyone at the PGA of America, inclusive of the nearly 30,000 PGA professionals that have centuries at the gate of the game for all of us. Thank you, sir, so very, very much. 
Thanks, Matt. Thanks for all you do for the game, and and uh, uh, good luck, and stay smart, and be safe. Thank you, sir. I do want to remind everybody, as you could tell, I put off all of our, our sponsors' reads until the end here, so I am going to ask you quickly to, to please remember com. Log on there and see the new Icon Forged Blade irons. They are absolutely beautiful. See the PTX Pro irons, a new driver, their wedges, their putters, all of it you can find on there, and you'll see why their direct relationship as a micro manufacturer with you is a special one indeed. French Lick Resort, it is so good that we're bringing listeners there. That's the highest accolade I think the Fairways of Life show can give a destination to say, this is so cool and so much fun. We want to come there with our own family, and that is all of you. Fairwaysoflife.com slash French Lick for more details on that. Tour Edge Golf, they are special. Uh, one, you know, if you're, if you're going to stand out from the crowd, how do you do it? You do things like, oh, a lifetime warranty. Think about that for a second. A life time warranty the best in the world are playing their products not merely because they're ambassadors you've got people that are not part of their paid and in, in, in ambassador staff you got people that are playing them because they're the best touredge.com for you to find clubs with all of the latest technology without having to refinance your your mortgage in order to afford to buy the product as well bridgestone golf their new reactive urethane cover has reinvented the golf ball no longer do you have to choose between spin or distance you can have them both in one ball just log on to bridgestonegolf.com and check it out and finally uh, not least though ireland.com i am so proud to represent ireland.com and i do it with all of my bias inherent and it's with good reason it is the best links golf in the world let's start planning on this today let's go let's take a couple trips there when when all this stuff blows over why not ireland.com to get you up to speed folks thank you so much for your company please have a good day be safe out there take care of each other we'll see you again tomorrow Tour Edge continues their meteoric rise in 2020. Over 90 different tour pros have put Tour Edge into their bag, including staffers Scott McCarron, Tom Lehman, Tim Petrovic, and Duffy Waldorf. Tour Edge makes clubs for every player type, and they set themselves apart with their unprecedented 48-hour delivery on custom-fit orders and by offering a lifetime warranty and by building their clubs in the good old U.S. of A. Visit touredge.com to learn more about their new clubs for 2020. Tour Edge, pound for pound, nothing comes close. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. It's no secret that FootJoy Flex has been one of the best-selling shoes in the game for the last few years. You can literally wear these things anywhere. Well, they now have a version that's completely redesigned and fully waterproof. It's called the Flex XP. You can wear these to and from work, hit a bucket of balls at the range, play 18 of them, wear them into the clubhouse, or out to dinner. Many have tried this type of versatile shoe in the past, but leave it to FootJoy to elevate the category. Now you can start flexing with the all-new Flex XP. Learn more about Flex XP at FootJoy. If you listen to the wind, you can hear it. That's Ireland calling you home. Home to the greatest Lynx golf courses in the world, defined by soaring dunes, undulating fairways, venerable bunkers, and whimsical green complexes. From Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland, 
site of the 2019 Open Championship to Ballyliffin, La Hinch and Ballybunion, numbering among the Lynx golf masterpieces awaiting your golfing sojourn. Come home to Ireland and enjoy the most incredible golf experience of your life. Get started at Ireland.com. Boeing Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boeing Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boeing Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to boeinggolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com Take your game to the max this spring with the all-new Tour X Golf Shoe from FootJoy. Fully loaded inside and out, Tour X delivers max stability, max control, and max comfort. So you can launch it past your buddies. The Tour X wraps your foot in coziness with an ortho light impressions fit bed and a foam collar around the heel, ensuring max in-shoe comfort and support. Tour proven by players like Kevin Kister and Rafael Cabrera-Bayo. Experience max performance for yourself with the all-new Tour X. Shop now at FootJoy.com. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. BenHoganGolf.com is where you can go to see the beautiful product that's being produced right now, bearing the name of the legend. You know, when he founded the original company in 1953, Ben Hogan said he did it, quote, to design and manufacture the best golf clubs in the world, end quote, and that is exactly what their mantra is today, only it's going directly to you, not through retail stores, so they're saving that 40%, 50% retail markup. You can get the best, and you can get it directly from their master craftsmen. Log on to BenHoganGolf.com now. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B, the Tour Ball. Reinvented. It's time for you to discover Streamsong, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. 
three internationally acclaimed link-style courses by Golf Architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dope, Bill Kaur, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before, with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes, towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected. Streamsongresort.com.